lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. And you are you. And if you are not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV, this is the time you want to become one. Let me remind you very quickly, our biggest discount ever, we are extending it to, through this week as well. Dace 20 is where you can go. Dace 20, that's the promo code. When you go to blazetv.com slash Dace, Dace 20 is the promo code. Get $20 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV so that you don't have to worry about the day you log on and we're not there anymore because of big tech censorship. Dace 20 is your promo code when you go to blazetv.com slash Dace and you'll be able to get the uh, Wednesday night specials that Glenn does every single week that are spectacular. The overtimes that we do that are mediocre. Uh, for example, today we'll have some bonus buy, seller hold for you. Uh, all that and more when you go to blazetv.com slash Dace. Use the promo code Dace20. Get $20 off your Blaze TV subscription. Uh, coming up a little bit later on on the program today, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will join us. We will play our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold, I have, um, I, I am troubled by something. And I want to discuss it for a few minutes. Uh, we'll get into that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, but before we do so, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Federal Bureau of Impunity. Does the name Igor Danchenko ring a bell to you? Danchenko is a Russian national with ties to the Kremlin and was the primary source for the entirely phony Steele dossier, which was in turn the primary source for the entire Russia collusion narrative and hoax. We had previously learned of Danchenko's involvement in the plot thanks to special counsel John Durham's probe into the origins of said narrative. We now know, again thanks to John Durham, that between March of 2017, well after the Steele dossier was made public, and late 2020, that Danchenko was hired by the FBI and paid as a confidential human source. This means, as we previously knew, that the FBI fired former MI6 agent Christopher Steele, the author of the Steele dossier, in late 2016 for unauthorized contacts with the media, and then turned right around a few months later and hired his primary informer. Why is all of this important? Well, as Sean Davis at The Federalist points out, the FBI hired Danchenko because they knew he lied about the contents of the dossier, but as an FBI informant, they could hide his actions from Congress and the Freedom of Information Act, thus covering for Hillary Clinton. In other FBI shenanigans, it was revealed yesterday that they performed a sting operation on dozens of known associates of predator and human trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. Psych, nope, they stole the cell phone off a pillow salesman. Mike Lindell says he was in the drive through lane at a Hardee's fast food joint when... Cars pulled up in front of us, to the side of us, and behind us, and I said... Um, those are either bad guys or the FBI. Fox News Radio's Jimmy Fila tweets, This Mike Lindell story is nuts. It's amazing how if you're a Republican recovering from a crack addiction, the FBI raids your house. But if you're a Democrat with a crack addiction, they make your dad president. Moving on, in a letter from earlier this month that was just made public earlier this week, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky tells Senator Ron Johnson that her agency did not track certain types of adverse reactions to the COVID jabs at all in 2021, despite the agency's previous 
assurances that it was. The CDC has promised Senator Johnson and the news outlet Epic Times various reports on adverse events, but as of yet, has failed to produce them. In other news, Senator Lindsey Graham announced yesterday he and various Republican colleagues are interested in pursuing legislation that would ban baby killing after 15 weeks at the federal level. Live action's Lila Rose went on Dr. Phil's show and she hit it out of the park. The predicate of your positions that life begins at fertilization, that science is very clear about that. And you have to know science isn't there's no consensus among the scientific community. There is, that, Dr. Phil. 96% no, actually, of there's scientists not. say that I, life begins at fertilization. If you're an in vitro specialist, well, no, you're let, looking to create let me, let me a single-cell embryo, and then you know you have a new human life. So it, it is a scientific fact. Well, actually, it's not. Well, when, do you, when do you say human life begins then? There's, well, it's, it doesn't matter what I think. I, I, I don't care what I think. What I'm saying is well, the scientific is, community does not have a consensus about when life begins. It's simply and that inaccurate. Is, You're sim- it's simply inaccurate. That's not true. You can go to the body... A single-cell embryo is a unique new human life. You can go to the body of scientific literature and you can find neuroscientists who say that it begins when there is a detectable... Brainwave. But Dr. Phil, in an abortion, if it's not a human life, why do you have to kill it? The lie is the point update. Here's White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. What is your message to Americans who are seeing these rising costs? And are you confident that you're doing enough to to finally bring these down? We're we're seeing more progress bringing global inflation down in the U.S. economy, as I just stated moments ago. Overall, uh, prices have been essentially flat in our country these these last two months. Jean-Pierre continued. We're certainly uh, doing a lot more to secure the border and could be doing even more if Republicans would stop their obstruction. Checking in on NPR, the case for starting sex ed in kindergarten, hula hoops recommended. It's been revealed that the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction has created a guide for quote-unquote gender expansive preschoolers. The guide dubs those who don't want to use preschoolers preferred pronouns like their parents as jerks and trolls. Meanwhile, in the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, we can promote a shame-free educational space by letting young people know that it's okay if they are curious, it's okay if they have watched porn, and it's okay if they have thought about porn. I always make sure to say someone being curious about sex and or porn does not make them a bad person, it makes them human. It's so important we normalize that this is a natural human experience. And I also want to point, uh, make a point to share that not wanting to watch porn is also completely fine. There's no judgment and shame for not being curious. That's okay, too. And we want to create environments in the classroom where students don't shame each other. And finally, words of inspiration from Joe Biden. So imagine being a mom or a dad. Look at your child. You know the needs of the very to live to live. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. You know, they've had this long-standing offer, this great special we've been promoting on the show for, I think, a couple of years now. Uh, and, you know, that's half off the shipping, half off the wines. What's special about these wines? This is high-level imported foreign wines from Malbec grapes that are about 9,000 feet of altitude deep in the Andes Mountains. Families that have been doing this for going on a second century now. Some of the best red wines you'll ever taste. They're phenomenal. Just ask Todd. He has tasted them repeatedly. Uh, But now they've upped the ante on the offer as well. You can also now claim a bonus bottle 
of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So now it's not three bottles with this special, but four. Four bottles for the price of three, half off the bottles and half off the shipping. When you go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve, that's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Uh, we need to have a difficult conversation. If And, and frankly, I, I think I need us to. Because I, I am... I am really troubled right now. And um, and here's how I want it to begin. Let's do it this way. I want us to go through Aaron's montage. And I want us to ask ourselves. And I, want us, I, don't, want the, I don't want the answers to be knee-jerk. I want us to think them through. Okay. And I just want to go with what's in Aaron's montage, and I want to ask a simple question. Will voting for the red wave save us from this? Will voting for the red wave do anything about this? Will voting for the red wave even slow it down? And let's just pick the headlines that Aaron chose to highlight today. You guys okay with this? Yeah, more than okay. Okay, I, I want us to have, and I mean, I, I want this to be brutally honest, empathetic, fair, and as balanced and comprehensive as it can be. Not knee-jerk one way or the other. All right? Further confirmation that the the FBI had been spying on the Trump presidency now for years. That's what informants do. They spy and then they inform on what they see. So the weaponization of the FBI and the intelligence community for partisan political activity. Will voting for the red wave to save us do anything about that? Thoughts? Republicans are just on record. I can't re- multiple ones a couple weeks ago. I was talking about going at the FBI as a distraction. This, this just happened. They're t- they've already told us the answer to that. I think the baseline opinion from Republicans in Washington is basically, I think it was uh, I patch McCain's. Um, ruse or whatever that, uh, oh, you want to talk about the party of law and order and, uh, you know, Democrats are just talking about defund the police. No, Republicans want to defund the F. That's that's the attitude most that the baseline Republicans. So I don't think I don't think voting for the red wave will slow it down anywhere. I mean, are there calls congressional you know, whatever, but it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, for example, what's stopping uh, Ron DeSantis as governor of Florida? from having state or local law enforcement stand guard outside the Mar-a-Lago and say, yeah, you guys aren't doing this anymore. Or any any red wave governor or mayor. Right. I mean, who do you think is running right now that would be willing to, to 
practice that level of interposition. Maybe a DeSantis, maybe a, a Kerry Lake. Lake. Yeah. And there might be some great mayors out there that we just don't know their names. Fair? Yeah. So there, there might be... I mean, I, I could see in a state like South Carolina, a Henry McMaster getting pressured, although I don't think he's running this year, but I could see him getting pressured to do stuff like that, even if he's not on board because mm -hmm. of the demographics of the state. So is it fair to say that we can foresee on a state or local level that there might be attempts to practice some level of interposition against this continued Stasi-level weaponization of I hope the is. Justice Department and the intelligence community, but you guys don't believe there's a there's anything Republicans and substantive and holding hearings and just telling us stuff isn't it okay substantive that they will actually do uh, a good friend of the show uh, the guy from the Claremont Institute Matthew Peterson, uh, Peterson. Peterson yeah uh, he gave a speech yesterday in the in, in the in, at, a, at a conference and he said I'm tired of hearing what conservatism is I want to see what it actually does yes all right so. That's what we're talking about here, yeah. what it actually does, yeah. all right? Like holding hearings, for me, I don't think it's the same as holding hearings about COVID because there are things that we we think we might know that we're not sure of or we don't know that they have the power to get to that information that we don't currently have, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what else are we going to hear about the FBI and the intelligence community at this point on on the weaponization front that we that well, we that's not germane to what we already absolutely know you see what i'm saying so there's not much more of an overton window to push here at this point is what are it's just simply what will be done about it well and in a perverted way the republicans who won't do anything agree with you they won't do anything not because they think is the fbi is an august institution that the people are overreacting about they know how bad it is and they don't want to be jeffrey epstein in some way shape or form that's why they won't go after them they know the fbi is hunting whoever it wants to and they want to stay out of the their targets that's how pathetic and demonic this is okay and that's not knee jerk tell me i'm wrong I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm very troubled. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm very troubled. I am, I'm very concerned that I'm, I, that I don't want us to give people, to lead people astray one way or the other here. I, I just, you and Matthew, I, I, I'm, I'm, there's a yeah. fog here. I don't, there's something we should see. I'm not seeing. And I'm, and, and it's not as simple. Like a guy just eat, just tweeted to me, voting for a less than stellar Republican is better than voting for any Democrat. If you go look at the Liberty scores at conservative review right now, there are 20, almost half of the Republican senators, almost half of them, 20 have F Liberty scores F when they're in the minority when they're in the minority, they could lie to us. They mm -hmm. could just sit there and vote no and pad the stats, right? And then screw us later when they say, well, we got to govern, guys. 20 of them have F Liberty scores, just like virtually all the Democrats do. I wish this were true. I, I, I don't know what the truth is here. I'm, I'm trying to, to get to cut through. This reminds me, I'm starting to feel like the early days of COVID. Something's not right. We're oh, yeah. missing something. There's a fog here. It's, it's deceptive. It's truthless. There's a there's a missing piece of the puzzle and I and it eludes me and I just feel like I can't quite grasp it. So I'm going to do what I did in the early days of COVID with this right now. And I'm going to just ask a lot of questions to just try to prompt the synapses and get us all critical thinking. Okay? I don't think it's a coincidence that you tweeted the way you did today in our conversation off air. What you mentioned about Matthew Peterson, he was tweeting similar things. 
Uh, he's a Catholic. You're an evangelical. Jesse Kelly, who I'm not exactly sure. I think he's kind of seeker-friendly sort of thing, but respectful of Christian. I don't know, but he's tweeting the same thing. It, the fact that all these men are thinking the same thing right here and now means I think you are right over the target of where why your spirit is being stirred. Let me ask, okay, my, what's going on with Mike Lindell? The seizing of his phone. And by the way, Mike, you had it right the first time. It's either the bad guys or the, stop. It's just the bad guys, brother. It's just the bad guys. That's all that it is. It's just the bad guys, okay? Voting for the red wave this November to save us will do what to protect people like Mike Lindell and his business and what they're doing to him, which is just flat out political targeting banana republic weaponization kind of stuff. We'll do what about it? I'm asking. I'm just asking. What will it do? Nothing, because most of those people hate Mike Lindell. Yeah. I, I can tell you when Mike Lindell was was flirting with running for governor of Minnesota, he showed up at a Republican. I know this for a fact. I know this for a fact. One of his friends told me this directly. Uh, showed up at a meeting at the Republican Governors Association. They basically tried to stop him from getting inside. And he was actually one of their biggest donors in the previous cycle. They didn't want any part of him. They didn't want him coming in the meeting. They didn't want him in the room. They tried to stop him from getting into the room. Okay. So, so those people will now turn around and do, they will do what? Nothing. You don't think they'll do anything? Nothing. What can they do? They are defending what is now a private club. It's not the United States of America. It's a big club, as our CEO Tyler likes to say, and brother, you and I ain't in it. Yeah. In other words, right? Yeah. All right. CDC. So so you need to understand why the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, you need to understand why this is so important. All right. When, when, when When the vaccine manufacturers were indemnified in 1986, in exchange for that, we were promised a transparent self-reporting system that would be monitored and reported upon regularly by CDC. That's what we were given as in exchange for indemnifying them. And it's attached to the National Vaccine Injury yes. account yeah. or whatever it's called. By the way, one of the designers of the VAERS database is a scientist by the is a Harvard scientist by the name of Martin Koldorf. If that name sounds familiar to you at all over the last 29 months, it's because he has been one of the leading scientific dissenters of the COVID stand narrative in the country. And he helped design the, the CDC's VAERS reporting website and system. So, Rochelle Walensky is admitting. I mean, I, I've seen people get banned on Twitter for posting screenshots of VAERS data in the system. For those of you that have never walked through the experience of a self-reporting, you have to understand, uh, you can do it yourself. It is very, it's very laborious. The system times out on you. It's not like, you know, it's not like, uh, dear Reddit forum, I never thought this could happen to me. I got jabbed and then got, you know, my ears started to ring. No, it's not like that at all. Okay. You have to certify that the event is true under penalty of perjury. A lot of times physicians will do the reporting for you. It is not an easy system to navigate. And, and, and there have been numerous studies done pre-COVID over the years that have shown that because of the difficulties of the system and frankly the stigmas attached to reporting vaccine injury, that anywhere from 20 to 100 times 
greater are probably the actual numbers of vaccine injury compared to what's in that database. And I'm talking studies at places like Harvard and all kinds of, you know, as Todd said, august bodies have studied this going back, you know, into the early 90s. By law, they are to provide us this information and to update it. CDC is admitting they're not doing that. Just admitting it. Voting for the red wave will do what about this? Now, I actually could see voting for the red wave will do something about this. I, I do think the Overton window needs more expansion here. I think even on the right, there are all kinds of people that don't still know the full extent of this. That, um, I mean, Steve Kirsch finding a way to get on Fox News by saying, I'm not going to vote for Democrats for the first time ever. And that was music to Fox's ears. And then he gets on there and starts talking about how uh, their jab mandates killed my friends and what the jab numbers are. And Brian Kilmeade has to try to censor him in real time. See, I do think it would help us to, to push that window open further, and that might save some lives. I, I do think there is a political incentive for them to push further on Fauci because he has be, allowed himself to be labeled now as strictly a partisan figure. I do think there are governors with departments of health in places like Florida and Arizona that if they win this fall can be used to continue to push back on this and expose things. Is that fair? It's fair. I'm just not going to hold my breath. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I think it's... I think it's fair. So if we're talking about red wave at the at the local at every level, we're at, talking at about every, every level. level. Yep. Um I want us to look at this man 360. I'm more optimistic that so, that something will be done, like not just hearings at the state level than I am DC. So I guess I guess that's kind of a flip of the coin for me whether or not something will be done voting red wave. There are it in order for to create enough chaos, emotional and psychological chaos, that they don't have to address this, look at what's already happening um, with polio. And it's so, the so-called comeback of polio, even though it's all vaccine-derived. Uh, nature is terrifying. It's trying to kill you. Well, also, you nature see? is beautiful, and uh, so let's make sure man is raping it, so global warming, yada, yada. It's... They are creating so much confusion amongst people that just like people are going to tap out. They there's there's a there's something I tweeted this morning. It's in my thread from a doctor Claire Craig, who's who used to be with the UK's version of the NIH, and she's just gone full whistleblower. All right, and from Pfizer's own trial data that has was revealed with the uh, the federal lawsuit that they lost. What she found is that there was a surge in adverse events during one round of testing uh, with those who received the placebo. And you're like, well, what, what the heck was this placebo? And a lot of times you think it is saline solution. She is claiming that in Pfizer's data, they're reporting the meningitis vaccine was the placebo. Think about that. I do all the time. She, I know you do. She is saying... That, that Pfizer reported that the, the, the placebo that was given was the meningitis vaccine and there was a surge of adverse events within that human trial. That's in my Twitter feed right now, at Steve Day Show. You can go there and try to, and, and find it at least before why Twitter removes it. Why wouldn't they do that? That's why God gave you both arms. 
Let's skip down. Wisconsin Education Department creates guide for gender expansive preschoolers. I don't know much about the GOP governor nominee in in Wisconsin. Do you know anything about him? I don't Uh, know much about him. Not really. Okay. It's close. It's a close race. It is a close race. I think it's a very winnable one. I think you have a better chance. Again, I'm 50-50 on this one just because it's a lot easier to, to enforce or to do away with at a, at a local level if the will is there after the fact. So I'm 50-50. Almost as if on cue, Daniel likes to send me his stuff before he comes on. Okay. Here's the title of his piece this morning over at The Blaze. You ready? I'm just going to give you the title. Senate Republicans are about to nuke the entire purpose of a red wave. He doesn't, he, he's doing his own stuff right now. He's not like tuned in. He doesn't know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Okay. I don't even, I almost never tell Daniel what we're going to talk about ahead of time because I want to nail him off the cuff. Right. And, and when you, when people ask me, what are we going to talk about? Even if it's friends of mine, it always annoys me. Doesn't it? I get, I get annoyed every time someone asks you to ask me that, don't I? It annoys me. Quite a bit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, a, don't tell me like Whitlock when I come on a show wants to give me the question. Don't, don't, no, I don't, don't give me the questions. I don't want to know. Just hit me dry. I don't care. I'll just that way everybody gets what I think, and I want to get what you really think. Not something that you've had a chance to and think through. That's why you're a unicorn. <laughs> okay. But that's the ti- that's the title of Daniel's piece right here. I went to a historic presentation from David Barton last night, and I've known David for years. I love the guy, and I and I thought the way that that history is laid out and what he says about it would give me, and I hoped anyway, it would give me clarity. And I walked out of there with even less of it. I mean, he starts talking about what was going on in the Virginia House of Burgesses when uh, when Patrick Henry got up spontaneously and gave his give me liberty, give me death speech. And it was basically... He's just a young guy, one of the young guys in the room. And all the blue hairs are basically like, well, we did everything we could. We petitioned the king. We begged. We wrote letters. We visited. We went everywhere. We did everything. We protested. I mean, there's nothing left to do. We couldn't clearly win a war, so I guess we just have to put up with it. Just generationally, they could not foresee what time it was, right? And what was at stake? And he's sitting back there as the young guy thinking, hey, that's easy for y'all to say. You're on the back end of life. Y'all have made your fortunes. Y'all have acquired your properties. Okay, so now that your generation's made it, it's okay to sit there and just compromise and say there's nothing we can do other than just continue to rot within the current political paradigm of these colonies. There's nothing else we can do. He's like, screw that noise. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not where you guys are at yet. I'm not made my fortune yet. I'm not my, you know, I'm not in the, on the twilight years. I'm not getting ready to fire up the oatmeal and the shuffleboard here. We're not doing that on my watch. My generation's not picking up the tab for your complacency and laziness. Any, any of this sound familiar, by the way. And I'm just sitting in the, in there with, next to my small group, just really uncomfortable and listening to this. And I'm like, this is my life right now. It has been for the last, you know, how many years?
man, I wish this was simple. I remember early in my career and all the shows we did on all the debates about the lesser of two evils. The reality, everything in this fallen world is the lesser of two evils because we live in a fallen world. Redeem the time for the days are evil. It's a fallen, all of creation groans. The days are evil. So everything is the lesser of two evils. And that was always the phallus, the fallacious part of that argument, right? Because we could use it to justify absolutely anything, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Or we could use it as an excuse to never do anything either. Mm -hmm. No one is either ever good enough, right? And then no one is ever, on the other hand, no one's ever bad enough to say no. No one's ever good enough to say yes, right? Right. And so you guys know, I mean, how many shows before you came to work here, right. local or on a syndicated network, did we do over the years navigating that? Right. We're, we're way past that now. We're, we're even further east of Eden now. We're, we're talking about rival heretics. Do you like your heresy Marcion style? Do you like it Arius style? How you roll. And maybe you want to go off the grid, man, and just say, you know what? Throw me down some Pelagius. That's, that's, that's my cash money, homie. I like it that way. What happens when the culture war becomes the demonic left versus the Jesuit priest right? Meaning the people with the God language are heretics. They set the stage for your demonic opposition. They enable it, collaborate with it. When we come back, why am I bringing this up today right now? I'll share that with you in a moment. Friends, don't pass this up. Our friends at My Patriot Supply, they are reading the signs of the times as well. I don't know if you guys saw some of these numbers yesterday. I mean, wow. Because it, it ties into the conversation we're having here in this first hour. We already found out last month that mortgages, the average monthly mortgage payment in America is 89% higher than it was when Joe Biden took over. 89%. But I can double down on misery for you. Mortgage interest on a new 30-year fixed loan in America is 137% higher today than it was if you bought your home the day Joe Biden took over. Compared to January, Inauguration Day of 21, it costs you 137% more interest to get a home. And not, you guys are in the housing market right now. So this is sitting pretty close to home to you, right? Not anymore. We just took the house off the market just yesterday said, because just, of all this. It's, yeah, I just said we can't do it, yeah. especially with winter coming and everything else. Wow. The last time it cost as much in your budget for groceries as it does right now, Rocky II was in theaters. Make sure you go to our friends at... My Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithdace.com right now. When you go there, they're offering you even bigger savings on their three-month emergency food kit, three square meals a day, plus drinks and snacks. For you and everyone in your household, the full 2,000-plus calories so that when we keep Let's Go Brandoning, that you know you're prepared. 
$250 off their three-month emergency food kit plus free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com. That's preparewithdace.com. And this is actually a, a great segue to what I want to go next and why we're having the conversation we're having and, and why I started it the way that I did. Let's, let's, let's not look at it theoretically. Let's look at actual issues that are in the news right now. Okay? So I want to share something with you guys, and I, I put this up on my social medias this morning. Uh, and and we were talking yesterday and I made a public challenge for Oz. If he wants to debate, come debate me on voting for legislation that declares warfare and lawfare from the federal government. That basically says every every Christian, every every Christian church now that still believes in Romans one, every every synagogue that still believes in Leviticus, you're Mike Lindell now. That's what we're talking about, basically. Mm-hmm. You are Mike Lindell now. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Well, it's it's gone it's gone um, uh, it, it's gone global. Now it's not just an Oz thing. Over four hundred plus Republican officials, including Oz, have signed on to this letter backing so-called gay marriage. We're talking P- Donald Trump's twenty sixteen pollster, one of his top fundraisers. This isn't just your oh well, that's see, that's like Adam Kinzinger and Lynch. No, nope, it's not. Yeah, don't get me wrong; those hacks are in there, but. No, these are the people you like. Some of them are in there too. Several current sitting office holders, several current sitting senators. Want and are urging support for legislation that will declare open warfare and lawfare on the church of Jesus Christ in America. So I want to share this with you. I put it up on my socials this morning in response to this. And and, and, and I'm just trying to work out my own thoughts on this because like i said to you earlier i'm i'm troubled i'm missing a piece of the puzzle i feel like it's unsettling and i think maybe the reason why is because this is a test and i don't think it's necessarily them that are being tested i think we are i think we're the ones being tested and i know it's not convenient but right now to be tested uh in this way we are facing systemic levels of societal failure. It would be so much more convenient to just have a cut and dry choice, but we are operating on God's timing right now and not our own. And yes, I know things are systemically bad, economically, legally, morally, etc. Man, wouldn't it be just so much simpler just to vote unconditionally for the red wave to save us or at least to slow things down? Well, of course, having no assurances of what 90% of these Republicans will actually do and then we don't critically think through this at all. I think that might be one of the reasons we're in this mess we're in right now. In the kingdom of God, the outcome of your decisions isn't what you are judged by, primarily. But the motivations for them. The, the spirit of the age wants to be judged by its intentions. Well, it was tolerance, compassion. Yeah, I wrecked your economy. I destroyed your basic freedoms in the process. But my intentions, of course, were noble. One of the things that on the technocratic right we want to be judged by is results. I got results. Well, you're terrible. You're a terrible person. So who cares? Walked through my father-in-law's graveyard a few weeks ago. Didn't see a single headstone about it. He got great results. Balanced the checkbook. Made a lot of money. Put a lot of people to work. Didn't see anything about that there. Nothing. 
In the kingdom of God, we are judged by our motivations. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's how we're judged in the kingdom of God. And that right motivations produce good fruit. Not your human striving technocratic assessments. Congratulations, you're a descendant of Cain and not Abel. I want to reiterate that much of my full-time career over the years has been getting, uh, trying to, and, and succeeding often, not often enough, but getting a lot of people who called themselves Republicans elected to public office, whether this was the school board in Des Moines, Iowa, or president of the United States. There are very few people in this industry working right now, either with bigger platforms than me or smaller ones, who have gotten their hands as dirty within the political process as I have. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Very few. And I'm resetting that because I, I don't want you to think that this is some utopian thing or it's so dirty, we can't do it. I mean, I don't, that has not, I don't care about any of that. I just want to make sure we are not turning politics into a rival religion. We are not making it our own idol and thus becoming like that which we claim to oppose. So let, let's spend a few minutes and critically think here. Throughout history, history, throughout history, of the church. Legions, and I'm using that term on purpose, legions of governments have come forth, to, to come forth to declare war upon it, to take its place, to supplant it, to redefine it, to suppress it. This legislation on the redefinition of marriage is such an effort. Is such an effort. That's what it is. It should be known, all previous earthly governments that have attempted to do this to the church are now all gone. The church is still here, though. Could that be a sign? Might be. With this legislation, bake the cake is going to go supernova. Like I said a few minutes ago, if you are a Christian pastor or priest and you still believe in Romans 1, if you are a rabbi and you still believe in Leviticus, you might as well change your name to Mike Lindell right now. Because they're coming. That's the point of this. They're coming. They're coming for you. We like to assume that the Lord only puts others to, the to these kinds of tests. You know, Others meaning people we disagree with or uh, people we don't like. Except that's actually not also the way the kingdom of God works. He tests his own. He says to Gideon, yeah, that's too many. That's too many. That's, nah, that won't work. Jesus feeds the 5,000, begins to discuss in great detail what it will take to follow him. People walk away offended. He doesn't pursue any of them, like none of them. If anybody knows what awaits their fate for rejecting him, you'd think it's probably him, right? Yeah. How many of those people does he pursue? Zilch. Instead, he turns to his own disciples and say, now will you desert me too? He puts them to the test. <laughs> he puts his own people to the test. This is how it works within the kingdom of God. We, in the kingdom of man, we test those we don't like. 
because it gives us self-righteous justification to continue not liking them. In the kingdom of God, he puts his own to the test. The Lord chastens those whom he loves. He puts his own to the test. His ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. I don't know how to win this culture war. I've written a couple books about it. I've written how many columns, done how many shows with suggestions. But can I sit here and tell you today what will win this culture war? I can't. But I can tell you what won't. I'm pretty confident with that. Indemnifying into perpetuity people who hate you with federal benefits and protections that you subsidize and then giving them a platform to declare warfare and lawfare upon the church. That's what Oz is doing. That's what these 400 Republicans like him that signed this note, that's what they are doing. They are following, it cannot be understated. If you look through history, let's look at some of the names of others who have attempted to do this. They're never the good guys. It's never the good guys. Some of the worst names in history have tried this as well. I am not sure also how we are going to preserve a republic based on God-given rights by promoting things and promoting those who are clearly opposed to the same God that our rights come from. I, I don't know how that works. I mean, in a way, it's kind of taking advantage of God. It's playing him for a fool, or thinking you can anyway. We have lists like this show, in my opinion, we have gone beyond the lesser of two evils now. We are really now being asked in many more of these cases, not in all of them, but in many, many more, an increasing number of them, we're being asked to choose between two heretics. Do you want Marcion? Do you want Arius? Choose your heretical fighter or you hate America or something. I'm not a prophet. I'm not an apostle. I don't have a specific calling. I have no authority granted to me to guide and direct and proclaim. I am merely a sinner, Jesus saved, and is still saving from very much, and was given a platform. And I believe I have that platform for such a time as this. It is to say things to you such as this. I got to tell you, they are not things I always enjoy saying. Things that won't make me popular to say. But they are things I think I must say nevertheless. I owe it to my Lord to go for broke, even if that ends up offending and alienating some of the very people I like, I'm fighting with and for. Because if someone's not willing to play the contrarian here, we are going to become like that which we claim to oppose. We are going to be the French Revolution and not the American one. I believe we are being tested here. And I think here is the test. Do we put the red wave above the Holy Spirit? Do we put voting against bad guys as a rationale for voting for bad guys? Is inflation high enough, which Republicans we know won't do anything about and helped cause by voting for the COVID bailouts that started in the first place, of course, but that we can justify empowering those who declare open war with the church? What is our chain of command? What are our priorities? Whom or what do we really worship? 
How did the faith survive for almost 1,800 years before there was a constitution or Republican Party? How did the Puritans found America without those things? Is there a power greater than our own efforts that we truly believe in? Or does it need our help and assistance? It's just, it, it, it slumbers until we rise up to give it a nudge. How much can someone with an R after their name declare themselves a God-hater before we decide we just can't go there? Does it not at least imply that we have some no-go zone somewhere, no matter what, when we worship a God who introduced his law to our species by providing a series of no-go zones? Does that not at least imply, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not, that's four. Thou shall not five, thou shall not six, thou shall not seven, thou shall not eight, thou shall not nine, thou shall not ten, right? Ten yes. of those. Does it not at least imply there are some no-go zones? Because I don't know, were there conditions, commas? How many semicolons are in the, 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 the Ten Commandments? Anybody? Answer, zero. Furthermore, aren't we, by his grace, permitted plenty of other avenues of good people to vote for and good causes to activist for? That doesn't require aligning with those who seek that we to betray us, that we know will betray us, and really ultimately are going to betray him. That's their own oaths. I don't know the answer. I, I really don't. I've, I've, I'll be brutally honest. There are several times the last twenty-four hours I was going to give a definitive answer, and I felt something stay my hand and say, "You, you can't do that. You're wrong. You're gonna, you're gonna make the same mistake that you're trying to question." It's not as simple as you think it is either. It's very complicated. Like if someone came to me and said, man, I've ran for school board, got elected. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And so I'm going to vote for Oz because I'm throwing every bullet I have at the system. Would I argue with that person? No. No. What about the person who though is doing none of those things? You. And just sits home and says, well, I have to vote for Oz. There's nothing else I could do. I could do nothing else the entire time. There's nothing else I could do with that. Might have a different answer for them, right? Yes. Because that's what relationship is. We're not robots. We're people made in his image. Is your relationship with your wife simple, cut and dried all the time? No. No? With your kids? No. Any human being on earth? No. No. Therefore, relationships, therefore, by nature, are what? Complicated and challenging, yes. I think at the very least, we need to have conversations about this. Otherwise, we risk joining with the problem and not being the solution. Luther changed the entire course of Western civilization without a partisan political system. Published his thoughts and said, here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. Changed the entire course of history. So I, I, I think right now is a good time for us to come now and reason together. What does that look like? I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not trying to win an argument today. I'm trying to start a conversation. And, and I think it has to start with, we need to humble ourselves before our creator instead of blindly following partisan passions. Because if we continue to do the latter, if you think your candidates suck now, oh boy. Turn them into your idols and God will mock them to your face. Buy, sell, or hold is next. And we're back with.
with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And all of you, and all of you can let us know what you think what, about what we think. Please don't have all of you do it. That would be overwhelming. But you can at some point in time. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Getter and Twitter. You can also find me uh, on Rumble uh, and get clips of the show that are free to watch, free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Show. <clears throat> Pardon me, those of you that are podcast aficionados, thank you very much. Please, if you have yet to do this, leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. Buy, Seller Hold is brought to you by Scoremaster. Man, with what's going on with interest rates right now, Boy, howdy. Absolutely make sure you can get the best possible rate that you can qualify for. I mean, it's when you're dealing with 187% increase in interest rate on a 30-year mortgage right now compared to when Joe Biden was inaugurated. I mean, that's incredible. More important than ever to go to our friends at ScoreMaster. They can help you get to the credit score you want by showing you exactly how you have the credit score you have and then exactly how to get to the credit score that you need. They make the information that the banks and lenders have on you transparent. There's a lot more. I mean, nowadays, they'll at least tell you your credit score if you just ask. They didn't always do that in the past. You'd have to pay or something. Now they'll just put it on their apps. But will they walk you through exactly why you have the score and then how to get to the score you want? That's what ScoreMaster does. We used it last fall to help us get to an obscenely low interest rate for our refi. See if it can help you now when you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. Try it for free. See how many plus points that you could add to your credit and then decide if you want to sign up and uh, have them walk you through the process of how to get there. When you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get to some buy, sell, or Lindsay. Aaron, with a lot of help from you and the audience, we'll throw at you and me, Todd, who knows what, and on who knows what topic, then we will decide, are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? Maybe we'll reason and rationale why. Rationale why. Uh, once per episode, you are determined, or you are per, permitted, I should say, uh, to use a hold. But if you use it for any reason other than, wow, why did that even get on this show? You have now punked out, and you have to hold Lindsay. And I mean in a carnal knowledge kind of way. Nope. No. Aaron, let's be in. You sure about that, Todd? Answer is the same every single week. Not I'm a sure. rock. You're a rock. Okay. Uh, Landon Libert says, the 86,000 IRSS agents, I love that, IRSS agents are not there to audit small businesses, but to revoke most churches' 501c3 statuses after they codify same-sex marriage and begin forcing churches to perform them, including marriages for maps down uh, the road. In fact, I'm going to sell only because it's it's both, Yeah. but I'm going to honor you by doing this right now in real time. Put that back up there for a second. Okay. All right? Because uh, uh, I'm going to tweet something along these lines right now, okay? Because wh where this is going to go on the church front, they're going to do both, okay? I mean, they're going to go after, well, Mike Lindell's a multimillionaire, okay? So that's not a small business. But if you are a small businessman with Mike Lindell kind of convictions... They will absolutely go after you with those agents, and they will be going after the churches. So, Todd, you talk while I tweet that out. Well, that was going to be my exact answer. Again, these are totalitarians. All of it. Absolutely all of it. And there's no way to avoid it. I mean, honestly, e even 
a, some sort of feigned reasonable middle or all the psychological and emotional machinations you've used on yourself to to just stay out of the fray in the past that none of that's going to be good enough either it, it they, this is a religious totalitarianism so if you are not totally gulping down the kool-aid it won't be good enough well said i do like i mean this is absolutely uh right on the money landon the way yes, you're it thinking. is. You're thinking the right way, though. Yeah. Jason Hayes says, Steve will start an OnlyFans account with Lindsey Graham before he's invited to speak at CPAC. <laughs> now, I am ignorant of some of this world. Is, is OnlyFans only porn? I don't know. Is there anything else on the site other than people doing homemade porn on there? Is there anything else there? I have no idea. Okay. All right. Um, bye. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, that's never happening, guys. Never. I mean, they are deathly afraid that I would stand up with their backdrop and say exactly what I am going to yeah. say. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Next, Jake, ruler of the donuts. Absolute freedom of speech is a left-wing concept and was never intended to be a thing. Those on the right should reject it. Define absolute free speech. You get to say whatever you want. Inject whatever filthy, vile, um, or dangerous rhetoric that is actually dangerous, not the left-wing definition of yeah, dangerous. I mean, well, you can't do that. You never have yeah. been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, you can't threaten a person with words, for example, okay? You've never been able to do that. You can't slander. Um, that's So I kind of think this argument's a canard, all right? And I think there's a wide chasm between absolute free speech to none— Okay. How about none of it? Well, how about that? All right. So I'm going to sell because I don't buy the premise of this argument. I don't think there's ever been absolute and, free speech. And I'm also going to sell on it because they obviously, if they used it, which they once used to when they felt they were in the minority, they obviously don't believe in it now. So I, I, it's, it's always situational with them. They will use and abuse as they have with the Constitution. If they think they can use it to an advantage, they did. Uh, now they pretty much ignore it entirely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm selling. All right. Next, we have Travis Lehman, who says, Churches today are so far gone that if the Antichrist showed up, they'd insist everyone be nice to him and pray for him. I do think there are churches that would do that. In fact, I and I'm not even talking like the ones, don't, don't put a period, but God puts the comma. I don't even, no, I'm talking like there are churches that are error on like TBN. And places like that that I think would do it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You bet. Bye. I mean, could you see uh, the vicar, the smiling vicar of, of uh, Houston there? Joel Osteen, who gave the blessing at the lesbian mayor's inauguration. You know, the one that went after the churches for opposing the tranny bathrooms. You, I mean, you couldn't see smiling Joel standing up there, not recognizing the sign and something, being completely oblivious to it and saying, I think this guy's got some great ideas. Of course you could. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Next, Pete Salika Jr. says... And I don't want to even contemplate this being true, but I could see it being true. He says the FBI, CIA, NSA, DHS have been using Russian and Chinese fronts to hack into U.S. corporations, healthcare, and personal servers since the Patriot Act was enacted. This would give them the ability to appear all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. Kind of godlike. Bye. We've been blaming Russian and Chinese hackers for 20 years for data breaches. I think that's... It's, a, it's both. 
but yeah, bye. I hate it when you guys come up with things yeah. even worse than our, what I come up with. Okay. Our friend Kim, Lee, uh, not, who used to be on the show. Do you, I don't know if you remember this. And it's been a, on her, she always put tape over the camera on her computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that now you mention it, yeah. There it is. Bye. Next, Tom Deerling says the creation of the Red Letter Bible was the worst editing decision in human history. I think there's probably been some others that are pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> What's the argument? Uh, do you, do I don't you know? know. Well, I don't know. So I think he, I would actually, I'm going to sell because I would say the distortion of the Red Letter Bible is one of the worst distortions. It, in the, in the early 90s, there was this group of left-wing ideologues at Ivy Lakes pretending to be theologians. They got together and they formed a group called the Jesus Seminar. Yeah. And there was a Catholic in the group. It was that uh, Father Dominic Crossan guy that's yeah, yeah. always the yeah. heretic on all the History Channel stuff, it's right? Like John okay. Shelby Spawn, yeah, isn't yeah, these yeah. guys? And, um, uh, yeah. they, but they got together and, and, and I, don't have, I have no idea who empowered them to do this and what enclave or council was called right. that, that their soothsayings were asked for or requested or affirmed, but they made the determination that only the things that Jesus says in the red letters of yeah. the new Testament can actually be taken as Canon. They made that determination. Right. And so, so that's a, it's, it minimizes everything else. Yes. So St. Paul is yeah. utterly meaningless. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, next up. Jacob Kwasney says Notre Dame will finish with no more than seven wins and they may not even have the best record amongst Indiana schools. Bye. I, I think a losing season is very much on the table. Uh, that, that other quarterback they have now, think a less talented Jack Cohn. They don't really have a lot of explosive playmakers. Um, they have several tough games still left on the schedule. Yeah, I, I I think a losing season is on the table for them. I'll buy for sure. I'll buy. At, at this point, you should be, f if you're a Notre Dame fan, feel fortunate if you get to seven wins. I'll buy. Next, we go to Raymond Fava, who says America has blessed the nation state of Israel for 75 years and in return has experienced an increase in lasciviousness akin to the Roman Empire, which sacked Jerusalem. There is no theological or eschatological significance to the modern nation state of Israel. I don't think he says our relationship, he's not trying to say our relationship with Israel has caused us to decline. He's just saying there's no, there's no actual um, link between a nation's blessing and blessing Israel. Zip zilch nada. Whenever we get into eschatology conversations, which I am more willing to entertain in the era in which we live now than I ever have been in my career. But you have to remember all right. You're not, I'm no expert, but you are talking to someone that has studied more than one view, has studied several of them. And, and so in general, if you give me an absolutist position like this, whether it's the Schofield Bible position, which we call premillennial dispensationalism, or it's the position that you are giving, which is some form of postmillennial 
preterist view, I'd have to further flesh out your viewpoint to know precisely where you stand. If you take an absolute dogmatic statement with me, I'm going to sell on its face. And that's why I'm going to sell here. Can I see that there's no theology? I'm looking over your shoulder. Significance to the... Well, broadly speaking, I will buy. I think it situationally perhaps i would if you if you gave me something more focused i might change that but broadly speaking and it doesn't seem like you're trolling here i don't I, think he's trolling right yeah, I think I right so i'll be more specific for you when you tell me theological that's what's going to prompt me to sell in in this particular statement okay you you there you 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 can't I don't know how you could possibly make a case that there has been no theological implication to the rechartering of Israel. There's been a ton of them. A lot of people view that as a, a meaningful eschatological statement within their own theologies and have acted accordingly. You see what I'm saying? Even yeah. if you don't share those views, the idea that it's had no theological significance is a complete canard. It's had a ton of theological significance. We have we have ab, we have made arguments for foreign policy based well, on people's theological but, views. To say there's no theological significance in and of itself is, is a canard. But he's making a way more meta statement. Than that. Then he should be better with his terms. If he wants to say there's no biblical significance yeah. or eschatological significance. Now, I don't agree with that argument either, but if that's your position, that would be a better restating of your position. There's no way you can argue there's been no theological significance. It's oh. one of the most theologically significant events of the last 200 years, regardless of your eschatological views. But if it's always wrongly... He didn't, he didn't put that qualifier on oh, it either. Know, but come on. I, mean, no, I, no, I don't know. He did not. He did not. And so you're not, you don't roll in the tribes I do. You're going to make dogmatic statements on this and ask me to sign on and then take all your grief for it. You better come a lot more precise and specific than that before I take on your baggage. Thank you very much. Well, but his so, point is that the, well, he's not going to take on their baggage. That's he should the premise more, of the he, uh, he, Well, I'm not, if I have to reset your premise, then your argument's bad. If well, I have to on, define that, it. No, that's subjective. You're being, that's not fair. I don't think it's subjective at all. I've already pointed out there's tons of theological significance to this event, yeah, regardless there, right of your now, views. There's priests and pastors saying that there's theological significance to transing your kid. That they can say that's a theological discussion. They're devils. Okay, well that's true, but he's he didn't say correctness or exacttness. He said significance. That's his argument. He uh, argued it's not significant. I was wondering why you were. I guess that's I, theological or eschatology is not really the key word here. It's significance. Yes, it's an extraordinarily significant event, regardless of the views you have. We have shaped foreign policy around people's beliefs of its significance. Again, regardless of the beliefs that you have, or whether or not it was actually correct theologically. Yes. Okay, I yeah. see. I understand. Flora Buttercup says the reason the regime is focusing on the cancer moonshot is because they've been creating their market of excess cancer patients for the last 18 months. Bye. I like it better when I'm the one doing this to you guys. That's not a new argument. <laughs> okay. I like the one. I like it better when I'm the guys this is going to be a difficult conversation. This is going to hurt you a lot more than me. I like it much it is not as much fun when the rabbit has the gun. Can I just say bye?
That's modern day healthcare in a nutshell. (laughs) Creating a market and then filling the market. Moses says insurance companies will start raising auto insurance premiums to help cover for the recent life insurance losses. Bye. Sure. Why not? Sure. Shark Fangirl says in 10 years, Christianity will make a comeback in our culture due to the influx of immigrants who are largely Catholic. Sell. We've had these conversations for many times before, and um, many of them... We're talking about South American. Come, come from places yeah. that are completely given over to liberation theology, left those countries because with their own church-endorsed welfare states, bankrupted themselves... And are now here doing that. What you're seeing with the wave of Hispanics is you are seeing people who have fully assimilated and we're still voting Democratic that are now seeing the open borders and the crime waves and they're voting against those policies. But I don't believe that uh, what you're asking for is similar to Nikki Haley saying stuff like uh, they come here with a better and caring more about America and a better work ethic than Americans. I hate that crap. Okay. The rest of us have been paying the freight for your open borders garbage, for your cheap employee labor, for your chamber of commerce pimps for decades. Screw you. No, I don't believe that at all. They come from places that and they and they tend to bring without assimilation. They tend to bring those exact values with them when they come. I would sell only because I think you need to start welcoming an entirely different paradigm into your thinking i think within even with i was having this conversation with my wife even within my lifetime yet certainly i mean i've we've steve and i have 20 plus years on aaron but certainly within aaron's lifetime i think the consideration will be made that uh orthodox christians will be leaving america to go to places like africa it's entirely possible there's a lot of places in africa if they'll actually have us. A lot of places to hide. Uh, Seek and Destroy says the United States government will use the IRS just like they did with the Obamacare requiring insurance. Will soon require all taxpayers to have an updated vaccination card to file your taxes or pay a fine. Hence the 86,000 new agents. I love all these theories. None of them are good about how they're going to be used. Bye. I want to repeat. I liked the first hour when I was cattle prodding you guys much better than when I'm on the receiving end. Is this what it's like to listen to me? Is you this wanted what it, radicalization. Is this, is this what it's like to tune into this show? Okay. Bye. Next, Will Cox says, after Mickey Joseph takes over as head coach for Husker football, they'll make it to the Big Ten championship game. So... <laughs> don't know if this is serious course, not or a because, troll. Not because the, I mean, this, it's a division. The division's it, it's dreadful. It's, it's dreadful. It's ever been. It's really bad. I mean, I think they might win this weekend. Who do they play? Oklahoma. Oh, I mean, that's they might, right. They I think they might Oklahoma. win this weekend. Yeah. I, I would not dismiss this because I think we're talking about like six and three getting to the Big Ten championship yeah. game, depending on who yeah. you beat and tiebreakers and everything else. I I, I won't dismiss this at all because I could see them catching lightning in a bottle. And they do still have a lot of good players on that team. And Scott Frost really was that big of a cancer, I think. And I, I, I certainly a distraction at the very least, you know, and just kind of a symbol of everything that had gone wrong before. You, there was no way... You know, as as Corky says, 
uh, to make a clean cut, got to make a clean cut. There was no way to do that. Every time something went wrong, you looked on the sidelines, there was Scott Frost, the guy that was as constant as the North Star every other time something went wrong, right? You know? Um, I'll sell because the odds are still not great, but I also don't think they're infinitesimal. I could, I mean, if if six and three win this thing, I I could think it's possible, but I'll sell. Next, we go to some call me Tim who says Harry Potter is Star Wars reimagined orphan raised by an aunt and uncle for his safety until a bearded guy brought him who brought him there takes him away to teach him ancient magic. Interesting parallel. Well, and Star yeah. Wars is I mean, this is Joseph Campbell. Yeah. And Lucas said he just ripped that, you know, right off there. So. I mean, Lucas literally will tell you he the, why do they with spice? He ripped that right out of, uh, you know, uh, Frank Herbert's uh, Dune books. I mean, Lucas. It just tells you that he's not even trying to hide it, you know. Um, but okay, yeah, I'll buy. Now that doesn't mean that J.K. Rowling did not take derivatives and create her own unique universe with them. She did still do those things. But yeah, okay, I'll buy yeah. that. Next, Stu Pedosal says Mount Rushmore of red states: Florida, Iowa, Missouri, Tennessee. If I agree to Tennessee, my email, my email inbox is going to light up with every Tennessee conservative in this audience because they are freaking pissed. Down I mean, there Memphis right now. is a freaking war zone. Okay, I mean, apparently. I mean, the amount of Tennessee conservatives who are off the chain right now on what and what's going on in their state. So, to salvage the rest of my peace of mind for the answer I already gave on the eschatology question and what awaits me for that. All right, I have to sell on Tennessee being included. I would at some point like to not have emails to answer today, okay? So I'm going to sell on that. Uh, I agree on Florida. I still think, I know we kid it, and I know I provoke it, but Texas has got to be on the list, guys. I mean, come on. Outside the big cities. Yeah, I mean, outside the big cities, and still a lot of our best movements, thinkers come from the state. It it has to be on the list. Okay, so let's, you know, Let's not go crazy here. It's it's got to be on the list. Texas has to be there. All right. So I would say Florida, Texas. I'm gonna probably take out Iowa off there, and Missouri is about as Missouri is about as conservative outside Kansas City and St. Louis as you're gonna find anywhere. Do you think Missouri is really redder than Iowa right now? Outside the big cities, which kind of okay. sways things. I mean, both our senators are terrible. Yeah, they might actually elect a good one this year, right? Yeah. And they already had a good one. They already had a good one. I would put our governor over theirs. Yeah. Okay. I might put our legislature over theirs too. Organization. Demographically, though, you're right. It's more favorable to them. It's close, but okay. I'll go with I'll go with Missouri, Texas, Florida, and I'll let you pick the fourth state. Well, I'm buying this list. You're going to buy it uh, because uh, it's not Texas. What do you always say? Scorn, ridicule. You're right. Texas should be on this without, but the fact that it isn't. I love the fact you're carrying your spite to the very end. I respect it totally. This has to be like Texas. I respect it. I'm with you. Don't mess with you. No, we're going to mess with you until you get this right. Tennessee is this, it's this weird ground zero right now. As you look at um, uh, Ben Shapiro and company moved there. It's having the, but it's, it's in the, see, Florida is in the South, but it really isn't the South. But Tennessee, like they, they, if they go woke, and Virginia doesn't count, North Carolina is the closest thing that's to a southern state, I think, that's gone woke. But you, those are fighting words. I mean, if they, it's different than a Midwestern state going woke. So I, I'm keeping them on there because you, you, your fight is as important right now 
as any place else. In All my right, so estimation. Aaron, you get to pick the fourth. We agree on Texas, Missouri, and Florida. You get to pick the fourth. Let's see. Well, I would then I would I would put Iowa on there then okay. if we need a fourth. Even though both our senators are dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. I think the organization, the the fact that we were having to mince over over different elements between Iowa and Missouri, I think I think I'd put okay. Iowa on there. All right. The Berean Times says, in the near future, due to the d- difficulty of shutting down podcast feeds, conservatives will be profiled and tracked based on their cumulative podcast subscriptions, i.e. subscribe to two or more of Dace, Rogan, Shapiro, Beck, Bongino, etc. Absolutely. I just assume that's going yeah. on already. In fact, I think, if anything, you're late on this. Yeah. That's, that's already happening. I got a friend of mine sent me a text last week. All right, you got me. I finally decided with this new discount to subscribe to Blaze TV. Thanks. I'm on a watch list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'll buy. Yeah. Next, we go to Jim Stalker, who says the U.S. will convert a centralized convert to a centralized digital currency by 2025, which will throw the doors wide open for a full-blown social credit system. This will occur with the help of a majority Repu- of Republicans voting for it, of course. I'm going to sell because of I. I think that's a quick implementation on a on a global level. Uh, meaning, uh, meaning co- comprehensively across the country. Could we see this beginning to be introduced on state levels, like in California and New York? You bet your ass. Yep. But I think it's a little soon yet to, to introduce something like that nationally. I don't think we're ever going to see a central bank digital currency because I don't think the cartels would like that. They're very much a, a cash-based business. Hmm. I you mean, the, how are you? You mean, the, you mean the drug cartels? Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, they and they, of course, you know, they run the southern border. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Um, we're well, sh- they'll get exemptions we won't get. That's right? like true. They didn't have to get jabbed to come forgetting. over. The drug mules didn't have to get jabbed to yeah. come, but we do, yeah. right? Um, to they go can anywhere. continue to so, use cash. Yeah, they, they will be allowed to continue to use cash. In fact, we'll probably just infuse them with some. And the rest of us will take the mark. Yeah. yeah. One more. Uh, worship leader Caleb says the CDC will eventually recommend a blood thinner for those suffering from blood clots due to the jab. It'll be called Fazaprint. <laughs> Like Pfizer and baby aspirin, I'm feeling you. Yeah, I like it. Snarky, I'll buy. And our friends over at Patreon Mobile sponsored uh, buy, sell, or hold for you as well. If you want to finally do business with a company that does not hate you, there's not a lot of options, but one of them is with uh, a product we all pretty much have to use these days, our mobile phones. Make the switch now to our friends at Patriot Mobile. Get pretty much the same coverage you're getting from all the big communist countries you can't stand and hate you even more. All right. And not only that, but to, if you're a veteran or first responder, they've got extra savings for you as a way of saying thank you for your service. For everybody else, they'll offer you a free activation right now with the offer code Steve when you go to make the switch at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Make the switch today. Patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Patriot Mobile is America's only American mobile phone company. You can also check them out. Make the switch here by calling 972-PATRIOT. That is 972-PATRIOT. All right, we got time for one more. Let's do one more. Uh, This next one is from Rams Now, Rams Forever, who says Elon Musk ultimately will by Twitter. Uh, this has been my prediction all along by that this is a high stakes game of negotiation uh, that he wants the product, um, but he realizes he doesn't have to pay the current price point because one of one of one of, he's accomplishing one of two things here by exposing how many fake and bot accounts exist on the platform. He's either going to drive down what his eventual buy price is or 
he's going to so devalue it that when he grabs it and then can show even a modest increase in real confirmed, because what's one of the first things he says he wants to do? He wants to open up blue check marks to everybody, Mm -hmm. right? Not just notables like us, but everybody gets one, all right? That is a way that you then show a modest to significant increase in in identified, confirmed, registered users on the platform. So he's setting a market, whether it's the $44 billion he agreed to that the, the shareholders agreed to yesterday, or after this court proceeding, it's down to 28, 30, whatever number they ultimately come up with. And then within a year, he, he brings in this you know, global verification system for everybody, regardless of status. And then there's more excitement, more people come back. He shows anything from a modest to significant increase in confirmed users on the platform. What happens to the value of his investment within right away? It substantially increases. The only reason he doesn't do this is if he gets blackmailed somehow. Yeah, but they, and they've already tried that. They've already yeah, tried that. Yeah, we've had love children. You banged yeah. your best friends or one of your best friends' wives, right? I mean, they've we've they've they've already tried all that stuff. So I agree. This has been what I have predicted all along, that he will end up owning it. I agree with that. All right, let's get to the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz is going to join us here in just a moment. Stay tuned. Maybe you think we could never get rid of those odors from the litter box or from the litter box, the odors from the teenagers, the odors from potty training the puppy that after getting the carpet shampooed, just don't ever go away. The odors from the cigar smoke, pick your poison. Well, you haven't tried yet, our friends over at Eden Pure with their thunderstorm air purifier. That mildew, that odor, that virus in the air has maybe met its match. If you want to try it today, I put our I put ours to the test uh, with my poker buddies. Uh, I put it to the test with my sweaty teenage football playing son. It stood up to both of those tests and delivered. If you want to try it as well, get the Eden Pure air purifiers right now. They come in a pack of three. And I've gotten a ton of good response about this client from uh, from you in the audience that have tried it and about how great it has worked in your homes. They come in packs of three, so use the code STEVE3 to get free shipping, and they'll give it to you for $200 off, all right? So you get all three units now for under $200, all right? All three units for under $200 and free shipping with the code STEVE3, code STEVE3, when you go to EdenPureDeals.com, that's EdenPureDeals.com. Pardon me. Let's welcome in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? We're doing all right, Steve. Great to be back with you. Some breaking news from Denmark, which from the very beginning, at least in my opinion, as a government, granted it's a low bar, but as a government has probably been the most transparent uh, and honest in recording COVID data and uh, reporting it. Uh, around the country, around the world that, I mean, as far as I can recall, they were the first country to give a stratified death data on the virus, for example. Denmark announcing today that it will no longer permit COVID vaccination for anyone under the age of 50. It had previously said we were no longer going to give these injections to minors any longer. Now it is saying, unless you were in the ultimate age, aged high risk group, we're not giving them to anybody. Your thoughts? My thoughts are very simple. It used to be in the old paradigm where things were ideological, okay? So it's right versus left, Mm -hmm. capitalism versus socialism. 
So Europe was always worse off than America. We were always a step behind, a generation behind what Europe was doing. But we're starting to see that flip where America was the first country to promote the shots for infants and toddlers. Um, we are the first in to promote them a new version on top of the old failed ones while other countries are getting rid of them. Why? And that is because the new paradigm is the Fourth Reich. And the Fourth Reich is this technological transhumanism pushed through the corporate conglomerates that were set up by the government. Well, Steve, where do you have more of those headquarters in the U.S. or mm -hmm. Denmark? Mm -hmm. Okay, so money talks. Pfizer is going to have a lot more influence over the U.S. than it does in a country like Denmark. And that's that's to me what matters here. Obviously, the data is clear. These things are kill shots. Uh, you know, we're up to 12.3 percent excess death in the U.S. year to date, um, even though it's been Omicron the entire year. What's the benign, so innocent we, explanation for that? Um, the benign, innocent explanation is that. So Omicron, we have we have we have a weaker variant. We have a weaker variant. And we've had we've got all we've got over 500 million doses of jab into the population now. And yet excess deaths are up over 12%. What's the benign innocent explanation for that? Um, that they were nice enough to know that this vaccine would create an endless feedback loop of viral immune escape and erasing natural immunity and, and getting the virus in perpetuity. So someone your definition of benign and innocent uh, is a little bit different than mine, but continue no, on. No, so, so, so someone released Omicron mm -hmm. and we still don't have the answer to that yep. as more of a benign uh, variant. Right. So that at least we're having this feedback loop with something that is not so devastating. Funny you should say that. Over the weekend, a paper was approved, was pure, uh, was approved for peer review. Which which claims there is no natural explanation or origin for the basis for Omicron. Now, I shared this with Todd and Aaron at the time. I did not mention it to our show, of course. But I did bring up on the show when, this, when I saw this study over the weekend. I brought this up on Monday. We'll say a little birdie that you had spoken to that's pretty knowledgeable about these matters had looked into back in December, I think it was around last Christmas, had looked in when we first were studying Omicron, had looked into it himself, and had come to the conclusion that some whistleblower or some rival faction within the, the, the biomedical complex was tired of what was going on here and released Omicron and specifically chose a low-vaxxed nation like South Africa so that it would percolate within the natural immunity there with the expressed intent of shutting down what they were what they were doing with this operation and with these jabs and with the uh, escalating variants like Delta. Um, this study that's already been approved for peer review, doesn't it at least open the door to that kind of a theory? Well, I think it's abundantly clear that Omicron didn't arise naturally 
as a progression from the existing mm-hmm. circulating virus. The question is why and, and and what was the motivation behind it if it was uh, release 2.0, assuming it's the second one, assuming there weren't multiple ones in 2018, 2019, which, you know, there's a Spanish study that that recently found uh, samples in the sewage right. from the spring yep. of 2019. So who knows? But I will say this. You could view it the other way around, Steve. It could be that that this was their see they were running out of rope if you remember by the time we would have emerged from the last winter everyone would have gotten the virus already so how do they keep this going on in perpetuity omicron allowed them to to because it was so different to keep this vicious cycle going the vicious cycle of mandates control fear and boostering in perpetuity because if you do look at the studies, and I think we know this from reality, your your listeners experience this, um, we now learn that the shots erase natural immunity. So not only do they make it more likely you're going to get it, but they make it that um, once you get it, you don't get it, gain any immunity. You could keep getting it. But to be fair, even if you didn't get the shots and you had a previous version of it, uh, a recent study – that um, was published in the New England Journal of Medicine does show it goes, you know, maybe after seven, eight months, it does go down to about 50% against Omicron. Steve, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, historically, you get a novel virus, it's over, it's over. So I think it's also possible there could have been nefarious reasons. They wanted to keep it going, which it did do, but it couldn't hold the center because traditionally, in just a very rudimentary view of microbiology, the more... um aggressive it is in transmission, which Omicron certainly was, and it did uh, kind of undo the natural immunity, it couldn't hold the center in terms of um, being uh, very pathogenic. So it wound up being weaker. I don't know, but whatever it is, it ain't natural. Whatever it is, the original one wasn't natural. And to this day, we are no closer to implicating those behind it and I'm not hearing a single Republican. It's like it's like having Pearl Harbor or 9-11 and saying, hey, we're going to move on and not even investigate it. I don't hear a single one demanding to get to the bottom of it other than maybe Rand Paul and Ron Johnson. So along those lines, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, you have a piece out today about how Senate Republicans are basically about to cancel out any reason to even have a red wave. Tell us about that. Sure. I mean, obviously, we all know that um, – you know, Republicans are never going to get the presidency along with 60 conservatives in the Senate. OK, it's never going to happen. And even if they did, they wouldn't be conservative and they wouldn't do anything. They're never going to affirmatively pass good things. Um, as you well know, I'm biased towards this because I don't even care about federal elections. To me, if you can't even um, defensively protect yourself from the impact of federal tyranny in supermajority 80-20 legislatures in Oklahoma, then you know, you're know you not going to do anything at a federal level. But nonetheless, the one benefit would be the power of the purse. Okay, You could say, this is our budget. We're going to pass our budget. Um, if Biden wants to hold it up, if the Senate Democrats want to filibuster this, uh, that's their problem in order to fund IRS tyranny or in order to fund open borders, in order to fund uh, Pfizer genocide, transhumanism. Um, that knock yourself out. You would have you would harness national attention over the federal budget, and you would fund your values and not fund things that are antithetical to your values. That is everything's in the budget. Um, 
Now, Republicans actually could do that even with a minority in the Senate because they have a strong minority, um, well over 41 votes to filibuster. But of course, they're not doing that. So the next best thing would be to say, all right, we have a budget deadline September 30th. They're going to pass a CR, have it expire, kick it into next year's Congress, when at a minimum you're going to have lock, stock, and barrel Republican control Mm -hmm. of the House, where the House could say they could pass their own budget, message it, and stand behind it and say we're not moving off of it. And you could set up a fight that way. What they're doing is they're not having it expire then. They're having it expire December 16th, right before Christmas where everyone's in a rush to go home. The lame duck – Congress of all those rhino Republican senators that are going home, that are retiring, all the people defeated, they want to make sure that they cannot have such leverage because Republicans, while Democrats embrace the leverage of that power, they want to ensure that the entire first year's budget leverage of a Republican Congress would be taken off the table so they don't even have to fake fight it. And this way they could allow the Democrats to cleanly deal with it for them and fund the IRS agents, fund the open borders, fund the FBI's Fourth Reich war on political opponents, um, fund everything they want to do with Ukraine and Pfizer and everything under the sun and throw in gay marriage while they're at it. Along those lines, last thing. Republicans are heavily flirting, over 400 of them, including people prominent in Trump's world, current office holders, current senators, would-be senators like Mehmet Oz, signing off on so-called gay marriage, which would essentially, if you're a rabbi and you're still teaching Leviticus, if you're a pastor and you're still teaching Romans 1 or 1 Corinthians, you might as well just change the name of your synagogue or church to Mike Lindell because they're coming for you next, particularly with those 86,000 IRS agents. Am I wrong? Am I overstating this? Well, Steve, I think it's important to realize that even in 1789, um, when they probably would have done Leviticus uh, two homosexuals around. Thomas Jefferson actually advocated for it early in his political yeah. career. He was he was fine with actually uh, having homosexuals in the military actually executed. That's actually a true yeah. fact. So yeah. Technically, even then, there was never any law preventing a state from recognizing these relationships as a marriage. What they're doing the other way around is something that was never done. To be clear, they are making it that a state can never define marriage as a marriage. See, even under DOMA, when the federal um, recognition was a real marriage, it never precluded states from you know, doing what they wanted. It was just for federal purposes, military, <clears throat> social security, immigration, things like that. The state could always do what they want, and indeed, all the blue states did adopt their, their, uh, um, their transhumanism under – the DOMA regime. This will do the opposite. So what that necessarily does is it codifies that as a right. The courts have done it anyway, and they're going to further make it that um, you cannot, you you literally cannot promote big biblical values even within your own narrow sphere. Um, they need ten out of the fifty Republicans to pass this. They definitely have the ten, but I'll tell you, Steve, it's worse than that. I don't think there's more than five that care the other way around. Mm-hmm. Five, seven, maybe. I agree. Um, the, There's the very few. I've seen Cruz yes, speak out. Now. I've seen a few others speak out. There has not been very many that have spoken out against Five, it actually seven. at all. 
Yeah. The rest are hope yes, vote no. Yep. That is how bad your GOP Senate is. And you know what, Steve? I'm not seeing too much noise from some of these up-and-coming uh, Senate candidates about, hey, let's save our leverage for when we're going to get in there with the budget bill. I'm not even talking about the the marriage stuff because Memon Oz already, you know, he he signed on the other way with that. Um, I would just say, unlike in the Tea Party year, where at least on paper, the issues of the time, Obamacare spending, they all sounded pretty strong um, and betrayed us after the election. They are now telling us on the issues that matter, whether it's green energy, whether it's spending, whether it's the border, whether it's pharma, Ukraine, um, the Great Reset and everything that uh, that entails and, and, and transhumanism, transgenderism, they are downright on the other side and are facilitating the Democrats to pass things that they wouldn't otherwise have the votes even now to pass. That is your GOP for you. Points for honesty, I guess. Thank you. Yep. There, I, I, dude, you lived up to it. There was plenty of woe and lamentation there. Thank you very much. Always happy to deliver. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I have another. Uh, Daniel brought to you by Real Estate Agents I Trust. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the more stressful things you can do, particularly in the era of Let's Go Brandon, where you're going to pay 187% more interest on your 30-year fixed uh, loan than you would have when uh, before Joe Biden uh, went to, came to office. You're going to pay 89% higher monthly mortgage payments than before Joe Biden came to office. Man. It's never been more important than it is right now to make sure you've got a quality agent that can help you navigate this process. Whether you're selling, buying, you're trying to do both at the exact same time. Our team at Real Estate Agents I Trust will help you make the introduction then follow you through the buying and selling process to make sure that you are satisfied as you work with one of our agents preferred vetted agents with long track records of success. That's one of the reasons why there are literally thousands of agents waiting in line to be included in our referral database because we do vet them before we recommend them to you. So if you want to get started, the process is simple. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com today, provide us some basic info, and our team will contact you to make an introduction to one of our preferred agents. Again, at realestateagentsitrust.com. Reaction to our conversation with Daniel here as we close it out. Stop vaccinating immediately. Uh, my goodness. Uh, D Daniel continues to be amazing on this subject, similar to Steve. The point that they both started from, I've said this before, but to come as far as they have and to not just have a strong, educated opinion on this, but to be leaders... In this, and I include all of the scientists, all of the politicians, everybody, to be point of the spear leaders on this is A, impressive as hell, and B, depressing as hell. Like Steve says about, I'm not a pastor, you shouldn't be, you listen to somebody else. He shouldn't have to be this either, nor should Daniel, but there they are. Sorry, Aaron. I think I'm going to need a seeker sensitive church after today's show. I think I'm going to need one, actually. Anybody got a, a uh, ELCA or United Methodist Church you could recommend for me? I mean, I, I need a, just promise me they got apple fritters. <laughs> Goodness. Some bonus buy, seller hold coming your way in the overtime. And uh, until then, I guess. That'll be uh, depressing too. Yes, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.